you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Try to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football. Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. What is good, everybody? We are sitting here just days away from the start of the college football season, something we've been looking forward to for a long time is today's episode because we have our national preview. This is the one that we go back and look on and laugh months later. I'm your host or co-host, first host, Patrick Brickman with my buddy Patrick Norwood. How you doing, friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well, man. This is by far one of my favorite episodes we do on this podcast because you you hit the nail on the head, but at the same time, it is it is also interesting to go back and look at how many things we got right. Uh, that's also an interesting thing. We've called Alabama in the playoffs for the past three years and been correct on all three years. Uh, clearly, we're unbiased in that fact. But at the same time, if we're right, we're right. So everybody, thank you for listening. This is Pat's Interference, a college football podcast uh, that also obviously, I, I would say, dabbles in Alabama a little bit, at least. Uh, yeah, we dip our so we, toe in we the thank pool. You, we thank you for tuning in. If you are uh, a college football fan this is the episode for you this is our big national preview like we just said we're going over the heisman uh, we're making our bold predictions that we make every year uh and brick we will uh take our playoff picks although we'll take them with a grain of salt uh this year because you know I, I think it's you can only pick from a handful of teams but i feel like every year we say that some team sneaks up there and nabs a spot of that playoff so again thank you so much for listening we're gonna have a lot of fun this episode we are on social media just before we get started. If you want to check us out on Twitter, we're at PI underscore podcast on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. Or you can go to our website at patsinterference.com. Uh, and if you want to email us, you can do that too at patsinterference at gmail.com. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's all the ways that you can reach us without having our physical addresses or our phone numbers. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're about right. So, um... You know? Uh, is there any, before we get into that, like we mentioned, uh, tongue-in-cheek, but we are an Alabama podcast, mostly first and foremost, but uh, is there any Alabama stuff we need to get to from the last week? Scrimmage 2, I know that uh, Hertz had a much better day, uh, Tua had a good day, um, no major injuries other than, uh, we. oh, there was one more. Allen. Yeah, Christopher Allen, so that's another linebacker. Christopher Allen's injured. That's it's not great news. Uh, Saban obviously went off on his comments saying, you know, you guys just think we shit out another player, which I understand why he said that. But I think it would be nice if he would cut the media some slack and see how they might be able to interpret it as that way, uh, because it really does seem like Saban just defecates five stars uh every year well right so, um you know south carolina loses their five-star linebacker they got to reach into their bag of tricks and they're probably pulling out some freshman three-star <laughs> i mean yeah. you know nick saban can say whatever he wants at this point but it, you know it, it is so the guy that backs up chris for allen will be you know a guy that's a blue chipper not too long ago um so yeah, yeah i mean the uh, teams the, the other thing the other thing i wanted to mention about practice was Najee harris did practice tonight and by all accounts did look quote, strong and ready. 
We're talking about practice, man. I like to hear that. Yeah. I, I hope too. he. Well, I do too. You know, if he's ready for game one, he's ready for. I think he takes the conference by storm this year. I I, I, I would love to see. Could it, not tell you how running the ball. How big I think Najee Harris is going to be in the college football landscape by the end of the season. Um. Okay. So that that's 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 our Alabama. If you're not an Alabama fan, sorry, I made you sit through a minute and a half of uh, that. But we are now going to get into our national preview. We started this off last year by doing some. Bold predictions, which I said, I I stood up on my podium and I proclaimed, Jalen Hurts will be in New York as a Heisman Trophy finalist. And you went, ooh, I like that. And I believed it in my heart of hearts. I I don't make that prediction this year. No. You had Alabama and FSU in the playoff, if I'm not mistaken. Which I was half right. You were. And I think if Francois didn't get hurt, I could have been really close to being right. The funny thing is, if you, if you you could have gone, FSU's going to be garbage. And I would have gone, you imbecile. But... Yeah. That's why they're bold predictions. What's your bold prediction for this year, buddy? I, I'm going a little outside the box here, okay? And I, I want you to follow me. There's a guy who's, who's risen to the ranks. Uh, that's not the right word. He's making his return to college football, who I think is going to be holding some hardware at the end of the season. Ooh. You ready for this? I'm ready for this. I think Chip Kelly wins coach of the year at UCLA. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. That's I think he gets the devious. offense going. I don't think he wins a ton of games, but I think he does pull off one or two upsets this year, maybe makes it to the conference championship if they're lucky. And he ends up winning Coach of the Year. We'll see. I think that's I like that bold. I mean, because it's, it's a bold prediction. I like it's that bold. Chip. To me, Chip Kelly is when he was in football doing what he does. He was doing something that nobody does. When he left college football, people were still trying to learn to emulate what he does. He left. He went to the NFL. He came back. Now everybody does what he did. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see if he just does it differently if he does it better than everybody else or if he just kind of set the tone and then left and now everybody's caught up with him right because everybody does some version of what oregon used to most teams a lot of especially every team in his conference at this point um but yeah that's every team can have Tua. what if he has yeah what if he has something new something uh you know that again that nobody else is doing a new way to do it that that'll be i like that um my bold prediction is that by the end of the season, all the stars that we look at are not... They're going to be unknowns or relative unknowns. This is a weird year for college football Mm. because the star power isn't there the way it has been in years past. Last year, we knew Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield and um, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen and all these guys were coming back. And those were the headliners all season. And Jalen Hurts was one of them. Yeah. Um, but now it's those guys are gone. And it's the biggest name coming back this year offensively is probably Bryce Love. Will and Greer, he's a, Trace McSorley? Trace McSorley. I mean, he's, you know, a, a Penn State quarterback who's good, not great in his career so far. And a running back that's fantastic, but, you know, he plays for Stanford. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, but, I mean, Will Greer is the other guy that you can point to. Will Greer, but... 
he passed for a lot of yards, but West Virginia still wasn't very good. Well, yeah. They were uh, they were good-ish, but yeah, no, so the, so my point is I think I think the guys I'm making another New York prediction. I'm not going to give away my Heisman pick until we get to that part, but I think the guys that make it to New York aren't the guys that are at the forefront of everyone's minds right now. And it's not going to be that Arizona quarterback either, Khalil Tate. I'm, I'll get into that in the Heisman discussion part two. But it's going to be Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray. And wow, I I think Dwayne Haskins may even if he's not incredible. To it's like I've said this before about JT Barrett. He was good. He was very good at times. But I still feel like it'll be addition by subtraction without JT Barrett at Ohio State because I feel like they fell to it. Remember when Lane Kiffin would fall in love with a player to a detriment? Uh, the, yeah, the when, Darius Stewart uh, jet sweep still haunts my dreams. I, and even even the um, playoff game against Ohio State where we ju- it, he just kept trying to feed Amari Cooper. And it just, listen, Blake wasn't making it happen that day. But Derrick Henry's going off. Uh, he's still wearing number twenty-seven. He's a he's a freshman or a sophomore. But we still, you know, that was what JT Barrett was. It's like, well, he's a good runner, so we got to make sure he gets his yards. When Mike Weber and 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 uh, Dobbins are going off, they're still for some reason forcing the Barrett plays. So I think now that Dwayne Haskins isn't that kind of player and he can spread the ball around better, it's going to make Ohio State take another step offensively. I think Dwayne Haskins could get to New York. I don't know if he will. Or, or Kyler Murray, those guys. These guys that we're not thinking about right now that are replacing those legends. It's going it's to it's be, be weird to see who pops up and then who like kind of breaks through. And then, of course, we all know if a quarterback in Alabama we expect to He's not an unknown because of what he did in the title game, but we've still never seen Tua start a game of football. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of you can't judge that on the sample size, you know. You, you just can't. That's why. That's why I think it's crazy that he has. He's the favorite to win the Heisman right now in Vegas. That's insane to me. <laughs> I know it's the hype that that kid's getting. It's it's crazy. Um, so that's our bold prediction. I don't know what mine this year was as bold as last year's. Yours is bold, my friend. I like that. Mine's bold. bold, and I don't think it's going to be right, but I, I, it's it's a situation that I could see happening. Hey, Coach Chip Kelly, Coach of the Year. That's bold, and it could be right, it could be wrong. All right, so now we got to go to conferences, obviously. we got to talk our conferences, which sure. is going to kind of segue into us talking about certain teams. Um, we'll start alph- alphabetically with the ACC. Obviously, there's a big favorite in that conference, uh, Duke. Yes, yes. Uh, you think of the ACC, you think of the Dukes, uh, the Boston Colleges of the college football landscape. The Wake uh, Forests, if you will. Yes. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I think uh, we're going to see an ACC championship of Clemson-Miami. Um, there's just, I would love to put Virginia Tech in that ACC championship game, but there's just too many question marks as far as Virginia Tech is concerned on the defense and their quarterback, I, I'm still not sure all the issues have been cleared up with their quarterback, yeah, uh, with his uh, academic issues. Josh Jackson is his name? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I agree. So I, I think it is going to be Clemson and Miami in the championship, and then I don't think it's going to be close. I think Clemson should run away with that conference. I mean, it it, it is honestly theirs to lose. It, oh, it's That's even an understatement. In my mind... 
Clemson is the best team coming into college football this year. Week one, it's Clemson. It is. I'd agree with that. It is. Uh, and I think they could be the best team at the end of the season. Their defense will be really exalted. I think at the end of the year is one of the best defenses in college football history. Um, you know, that, that, with the twenty defensive lines, arguably the best to play in the last ten years. Three top ten potential draft picks on that defensive line. They got a good secondary. They got they got everything. They got a good running back. Uh, they have an experienced quarterback, and then if not him, the best quarterback recruit in years. Um, yeah, no. So the interesting thing, we both think Clemson's going to run away with that conference. Who is that like second best team? You actually, you've been wanting to talk. I'll let you do because I'm gonna. I'll go off on Miami, and I know you've wanted to go off on FSU for a while. So hold on, Miami. I can't get over the way Miami ended last year. It was atrocious. Miami should have lost to FSU. They should have lost to Georgia Tech. It's like when Auburn should have lost to a bunch of teams, but this, but Miami ended their season with a bad loss to Pittsburgh, then got blown out by Clemson, and then they just completely got obliterated by Wisconsin. That's the real Miami in my mind, which is a why I still Clemson go... Clemson team that was silenced by Alabama, what, a month later in the playoffs? Yeah, Miami's a pretender. They're still, in my mind, a pretender and people, they're they're going to enter the season in the top ten of the polls. I do not oh, think sure. Miami is a top ten college football this team this year, not no. even remotely. No, I agree with that, uh, and I will go off on Florida State. I feel a part of me does feel pity for Florida State because uh, you had your quarterback go down first game of the season last year, and it really turned your season as far south as it could go. I, I think, out of the wildest imaginations in the Florida State fan base before week one last year, if you would have told them, hey, you lose your coach and your starting quarterback this season, I think they would have laughed in your face. But it happened. Now you look towards this season. Opening week is going to be the biggest week in your school's college football history. Well, I won't say college football history. Since the championship. I'll say that. This is your biggest game since the championship because everybody's trying to see what team's going to walk out of the tunnel in Tallahassee on that Monday night. Because remember, that's a Monday night game with Virginia Tech. Yes, it is. If you win that game and you're Florida State, you coast until you play Louisville and Miami and you play them back-to-back. You get a week off, basically, with Wake Forest, who we'll mention later, teaser, and then you play Clemson at home. You, They also have Notre Dame. And then they wind up the season with Florida. It's it's just not pretty for Florida State. And I think that Florida State-Miami rivalry that we thought was storming back and galloping towards the front of the college football landscape is now, I, I think the reins are kind of getting pulled back. And those two teams are going to slowly start declining. I think Miami a lot less than Florida State. But I don't believe in Willie Taggart either. See, I was going to ask you what you thought of it. I know you're not a fan of that hire. I, I Well, it's not even that I'm not a fan of the hire. I'm not a fan of the hype. I get the hire. But to to sit here and say, oh, well, he's he's just going to be, you know, they're not going to miss a step without Jimbo. Of course they are. Of course they are. He doesn't have his system in place yet. He doesn't have his guys in place yet. And he had one okay year at Oregon. Stop kidding yourselves. It's, it wasn't like he went off and ran away with the Pac-12. He didn't even come close. Oregon got smacked around last year really bad. The games where they were bad, they were really bad. 
So I, I just don't I don't believe in Taggart, and I, I just don't believe in Florida State. I, I just can't do it. I'm going to play your devil's advocate with FSU. Uh, so Taggart's resume, the funny thing is he has an overall losing record in his career. Part mm. of that is skewed because he took over a winless Western Kentucky team, and within two years he won 10 games there. Um, then he took USF to 10 wins, and then he took, in one season, he took Oregon from three wins to eight wins, and who knows what have, what would have happened this year. Who knows? Um, but no, I don't think that Taggart is as good of a coach as Jimbo. Jimbo's one of, what, three, four active coaches right now with a title. Three. three. Uh, Jimbo, when he's on his game, is a top five coach in college football. He was not on his game last year. Whatever no. went on in Tallahassee, he was going through the divorce with his wife. The team was bad. The team gave up. Um, he was being ridiculed by his fan base, and everybody knew he was his, his one foot out the door. And it was just a weird situation. But when Jimbo's doing what he does, and this is why I have a lot of faith in Texas A&M's future, Jimbo's awesome. He's a great coach, especially recruiter. He's really good at building up a program, better than he is at sustaining one probably. But the thing about Taggart is he is FSU is excited to be on the field again. Um, he's trying to he's trying to get rid of the bad taste of what happened with Jimbo. He's bringing in Mickey Andrews, and you know he's bringing back Charlie Ward. He's trying to bring the '90s back. He grew up an FSU fan. the The interesting thing about FSU is I look at their schedule, and the only automatic loss is Clemson. Mm. They can win the Red. They can beat Virginia Tech and Notre Dame and all those teams. I don't know that they will. Yeah, but you're I still just think they Clemson lose probably the four games automatic this year. Loss. So here's here's good transition into the next part of this. I will ask you a question about the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, do you like Clemson because they are such a good team, or do you like Clemson? And you got to pick one or the other. Don't pick both. Or do you like Clemson because of their schedule? Because they're such a good team. Clemson could win the SEC. They, Clemson could win any conference this year. I think Clemson's the team to beat. I mean, I mean Alabama won the title, but like, it's Alabama, it's Clemson, and then there's a there's a drop off. Yes, those two teams, and you could argue Ohio State deserves to be there. There's two or three teams that are just in a different tier of college football right now. I mean, you, you put UCF in there. In Alabama. Oh wait, no. UCF doesn't belong anywhere in that conversation. So <laughs> let's you, move on. Why'd you bring them up? But no, you can take. You can. I'm an Alabama fan. I'm a diehard Alabama fan. But you can look me in the eye and go, Clemson's better than Alabama. And I'm not gonna. That's not gonna rustle my jimmies at all. I'll go. No, <laughs> you I, could I'm very not, well be right, man. I'm call anybody stupid for saying that. But I will say this: you don't take the top dog off the pedestal until you knock him off. It's true. It's true. If he hasn't lost a lot, which it's I don't true. think. Alabama lost a backfield, a defensive backfield. That's what everybody talks about. But what they lost in that, I think they're gaining in a lot of talent and a lot of other places. You're right. It's good. We'll we'll there, we'll be talking more about Clemson and Alabama later. Uh, the Big Ten. Which, excuse me. What, what are your thoughts on the Big Ten? Good lord. I'm drinking a diet Dr Pepper here. Oh god, you got to do something. I mean, it's one twenty-four in the morning. Uh, the Big Ten's interesting this year because it's so wide open. Um. You know, you've got two teams in Wisconsin and Ohio State that I feel like are, you know, we just talked about the tiered process. I think I think those two teams are kind of tiered as far as the Big Ten is concerned. I think Penn State's right behind them in a class of their own. 
and then I think it falls down to Michigan and Michigan State uh, for those two teams to battle it out to sort of, you know, maybe get an upset and get in the championship game, and then who knows what happens between Michigan and Michigan State. But uh, right now, I, I like Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State, and out of those three, I'm going to take Ohio State. I don't think this issue with Urban Meyer, which I'm saving for my sound off, so I don't want to talk about it too much right now. Uh, I, I want us both to sound off on that tonight. Um, I, I think this situation with Urban Meyer is is nothing more than a motivator for Ohio State. I think it is going to do the exact opposite of what it was intended to do. Uh, and I think it's going to serve as a motivator for the players to play for Urban Meyer for those first two games of the season. And then that third game of the season against TCU, it's really going to serve as a motivator because they're going to look up and say, okay, we win this one, we get our coach back, we're going to coast the rest of the season. I agree. The Big Ten is, you can make an argument that five teams in that conference can be in the playoff. Obviously, um, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State, and I think even Michigan State, like you said, I think Michigan State's going to take a big jump. I don't know if it'll result in more wins because of how great that conference is, but the team as a talent-wise will be a lot better uh, because you don't keep D'Antonio down, and he's you know they were pretty good last year. Um, I'm taking Ohio State for the same reasons. I just look at it. I look at those five teams, and I go, all right. You can't go, well, this team plays them at home in a way and blah, 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 blah. Ohio State's got the most talent and the highest expectations. So I take them. And that's, you know, I like Penn State this year. I don't think Penn State's going to be as good as they were last year. Uh, The team that's tickling me a little bit, and we're going to get into them. We're going to have a specific question about that later, but I'll preface it here. Michigan's tickling me a little bit for a few different reasons. Um... And then Wisconsin, it's hard to bet against that defense. And they are on the other division, so they'll have the easiest road. And that's, that's the big thing with Wisconsin is you, you put them in Ohio State's division, and it's not, it's not close. But you either know, this, way, they're going to have to end up facing Ohio, like last year. Just yeah. like last year. They can coast in their easier division and get to the end of the season and be undefeated, but they're going to have to face what other team comes out of that Penn State, Ohio so, State, Michigan gauntlet. Here's what we're going to do. This is this is the Big Ten West. I'm going to name a team. You tell me if they're top 25 in college football right now. Big Ten West. Yeah. Illinois. Nah. Iowa. No. Close. Close. I'm putting them close but not in. Minnesota. No, 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 no. Row the boat. Watch out. They're coming. Uh, Nebraska. Um, no. Northwestern. Close-ish, but no. Purdue. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, well, they were the OG sweethearts, so you gotta put Purdue in there. Go Boilermakers. Boiler up. Uh, out of all of those teams, you could argue that one of them seriously belongs in the top 25. Literally all Wisconsin has to do is take care of business and they're in the championship game. And they probably will. And they probably will. Then you go to the other side, and you've got Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State, who you could argue that all belong in the top 15. And we're taking Ohio State because it's easy. (laughs) Because it's easy. 
Um, no, it's not because it's easy. It's because they've proven they can do it. Jim Harbaugh has proven nothing to me. He hasn't. He really hasn't. has proven nothing to me. Urban Meyer and Ohio State have proven that they can get there. And I know Michigan State was there, but you saw the way that Michigan State game went when they got there. Ohio State was the best team in college football that year, and they just happened to have to play that weird, rainy Michigan State game with the with the field. I mean, they lost. Don't, I'm not going to take anything away from Michigan State, but... Yeah, Ohio State was the best team in college football that year. And without getting mopped by 50 to Iowa last year, I think even if they lose on a last-second field goal, they're in instead of Alabama. Yeah. Period. Uh, that's that, and I don't think anybody would have really argued that. No, well, Ohio State is going to be one of the top four. Mo- if you if you got Alabama, Clemson, Georgia now, Ohio State, they're in that mix of the you know the team with the most talent. Um, yeah. And I'm still not. I'm still not as high on Georgia as everybody else is, and I'll explain that later. Uh, let's move on to the Big Twelve. This one should take I don't know four seconds. Who's your Big Twelve champion this year? Oklahoma. Yeah. I, sure. Sure. I, I think you're right. For for fun, I'm going to say TCU is going to give them a challenge, but I don't think that TCU is actually going to be able to put up much of a fight. I will say um, I think Texas will take a slight step. They're they're going to Texas is going to be uh, under Tom Herman, a coach that I really like, but it's sure. going to be a baby step program. You know, Georgia was like, hey, let's you know, stride like not even stride like they got on a pogo stick, they got on a rocket, they'll get they put a you know rocket boost on their back. Texas is going to be baby steps. They will eventually start competing with Oklahoma again, but yeah. And yeah. then West well, Virginia is the other intriguing team. Texas too. West um, Virginia is the other intriguing team in that conference. They're intriguing, and I think they've got one of, if not the best arm in college football. But I'm, I, I, I just, I can't. They've never proven that they can get past that big game. Right, Whenever West Virginia. It's, it's a up, long season, and can you really trust West Virginia too? not trip up against a Kansas State or a Texas or a TCU. Oklahoma, they can play Oklahoma State. They play NC State, who's a team I like this year, hint. And, you know, that gauntlet of a week one game they've got to play against Tennessee, it's just going to be so tough. <laughs> Good night. I, they're, oh, gosh, I cannot wait. Uh, just sidetrack right quick. Over under passing yards for Will Greer. In that first game against Tennessee, I'm going to set the over-under at 350. What are you going? I'm going over. I'm going over, too. I, I think you could easily eclipse four. Plus, they got that Sills receiver that's really good. That Remember him? Stupid good. He's really good. Anyway, so they're, intri- they're intriguing in the same way that uh, Oklahoma State was. Remember Oklahoma State last year was sure. coming with Mason sure. Rudolph and, and James State's Washington, Justice Hill? Turn your nose up at this year, either. Nah. I mean, they lost the quarterback and wide receiver, but Justice Hill, he's a dude. And just don't be surprised if they pull an upset this year in that conference. Uh, so we've got two teams we talked about in every conference. ACC, we went Miami and Clemson. Big 10, we went, let's face it, Ohio State and Wisconsin. Big 12, we went TCU, which is mostly a joke, and Oklahoma, who we really think is going to win it. Pac-12, however. You get to the Pac-12, and we, we've got the two teams again. But it's tough to pick between those two teams. I want you to take Washington. I'm going to take Stanford. I can do that. There's a reason I want to do this. I can do that. Because I want to show how versatile we are. Okay, so Pac-12. I I see four teams, and then the two are ahead. So I'm going to, you know, USC. You have to talk about USC because they're USC, but I actually don't 
have a ton of belief in them this year um, because they're probably starting a true freshman quarterback, and I'm just not in love with them. And then Oregon, you got to talk about Oregon because they're Oregon. And maybe UCLA will be that team soon, but Oregon, they're going a coaching change. They never expected Mario Cristobal to have to be their head coach. Um, so I'll take Washington. I think Washington's a very talented team. I think they're probably top 10 in talent, maybe 15. Um, I really, really like Miles Gaskin, one of my favorite running backs in college football. Um, Jake Browning is a very serviceable quarterback. He was great two years ago, or good to great, and then he was average last year. If he can elevate his play a little bit for his final season from last year, leaning on that running game and leaning on that defense... I think that this is a team that can w- definitely will and can make the playoffs like they did two years ago. Sure, sure. I'm going to, just for argument's sake, because uh, like I said, I wanted to show how versatile we are. That's a hint for later. Uh, I'm going to pick Stanford here. Um, not because I actually think they're going to win it. I actually do think that Washington will win it, but I wanted you to say that. Uh, Stanford's schedule is fairly favorable. They get USC at home. They've got to go on the road to Oregon, on the road to Notre Dame. But then they get Utah at home, who usually gives them trouble. they got to go to Seattle to play Washington. But if they get past that game, this season is nothing to Stanford. This is a breeze. USC, Notre Dame, Washington. Beat those three teams. Stanford, you're in. That's it. So, Pac-12, we've gone Stanford and Washington. Washington. SEC. Well, I have spent the last two weeks previewing the SEC. Nothing should come as a surprise here if you're a fan of this podcast. If you nothing, if you if you if you want to, you know, us to hear us spend more time on the SEC, go listen to the last two episodes we did, uh, where we did our SEC East and then SEC West previews. Um, there's two teams in the SEC that we're probably kind of feeling. Um, it's Alabama, who we're both picking, just no spoils there, and Georgia, who. I still really like this year. Yeah. I do too. Here's what I want to mention about Georgia. I went back today and looked at their season two years ago. And I know it's I know it's not fair because you're you're going back and you're looking so far back in time, but we always talk about college football is such a what have you done for me lately sort of thing. Lately Georgia's been great. But don't forget last year. They lost to Auburn. They came back and avenged that loss. I mean, Alabama lost to Auburn. Two years ago, they lost to Georgia Tech. They only beat... I mean, mean, there are some teams on there that was embarrassing. I mean, they they lost lost. to Vanderbilt two years ago, right? They lost to Vanderbilt. They almost lost... Dare I say, I think they almost lost to a D2 school. Is that right? It, yeah, I mean, it was Nickel State, but you're talking about a team that was, you know, having to decide between a true freshman Jacob Eason and, like, Lambert or whatever his name was. I, I don't care. I don't care. I'm sick and tired of people putting Georgia because they've had great recruiting classes. That's great. That's great. That does nothing for them in the past. I have seen them be good for one year. And people are already saying, this is a dynasty. Georgia's, Georgia's set up. They've got a dynasty going. All right. I, I hope you're right, because I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be great competition for Alabama. But I want to wait and see it. I'm not I'm not ready to put them there yet. 
because I haven't seen it. I haven't even seen it for a full season. That Auburn game was bad, in case you forgot. Yeah, but Alabama played arguably worse against Auburn. Yes, and Alabama has been there before, and they are an established dynasty. Do you okay, see what well, I'm saying? What, what yeah, I'm I know what you're saying. You're comparing, you're... you're comparing Georgia to Alabama right now. Everybody is. And you are the one who says all the time, college football is such a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately sort of sport. Yeah, I mean, the, what have they done lately? They were one play away from being our defending national title. I mean, I, what time, What kind of year do you foresee for Georgia then? Like, what, if, what kind of... No, no, no. I think it's going to be a great year for Georgia. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying in the... Forget this year. Forget last year. Forget two years ago. Think of it as a five-year span, starting in 2016, when they almost lost to Nichols State, they lost to Georgia Tech. From that year to 2021, are you telling me they're going to be as successful as Alabama was in that same five-year span? You can't do that. That's, Why? You can't, because you, you... Nobody is saying Georgia is the next Alabama. Every, people Look, are comparing them. You said it on our podcast a week ago. Listen, people are comparing them because they have an Alabama disciple because within two years they made it to the national title and they are recruiting at the same level. I'm not going to dismiss what they're building because they haven't done it yet. Year I'm not two, dismissing what they're building. I'm just saying I haven't seen it yet. Year two, they should have been national champions. You want to talk about two years ago? Well, you want to talk about two years ago when they, uh, you know, lost to Georgia Tech? Well, yeah, but that was year one. If we want to compare, year one, Alabama lost to Louisiana Monroe. Then within three years, they were competing for a title. Same thing at Georgia. They had some sure. bad losses year one. Year two, they should have been the national champions like if I they said, didn't shoot themselves I in their own foot. All of this. I'm just saying they're not a dynasty yet. These people that are calling them a dynasty are ridiculous. No, no not yet, but people are saying they very well look like they could be the next. Um, could be, but this year's big for them. That's, what, that's what I asked. For Georgia. Well, what kind of year do you see them having? Because I see them winning 10 games, breezing to the SEC championship game. If they win it or not, they win 10, 11 games this year. You go, all right, George, yeah, Georgia's there. Georgia's fine. Sure. If they make it to the SEC championship game again this year and they win that game, I will put them up with Alabama. I will. If they make it to the SEC championship and lose... Missouri made it to back-to-back SEC championships. Florida made it to back-to-back SEC championships. I don't care. Get back to the college football playoff, and then we'll talk. I think they're great. I think they're going to be really good. I think, like you said, they're going to breeze to the SEC championship. But that game is monumental for that team. See, but even if they lose... You you, you talk like if they lose the SEC championship, the game this year... They're not a dynasty, and now they're just kind of... Even if they lose that game this year, 2019, they're going to be right there again. If they lose it again in 2019, they'll be right there again in 2020. I think they are going to absolutely dominate. The, they're, in, they're in the SEC East. Nobody's going to touch them. Nobody that's, is touching that's them. That's true, but they've got their biggest competition in college football staring at them every single year. Right, right. They'll be. They will get the win. They will get the big win over Alabama at some point. 
at some point in time, I that will come. It should have been last year. It wasn't. It and I'm so glad it wasn't. Regular season. Don't forget, Alabama and Georgia face off for a home and home starting next year. Yeah, they'll they'll get they'll get that marquee win against Bama. They're getting the marquee wins against everyone else now. Um, but to me, a dynasty there you know isn't yeah. I mean, Alabama is the greatest dynasty college football scene, and you know that's fantastic for us. Um, but. You can be a dynasty and not win the championship every other year. If you are consistently competing for that title every year for however long, six years in a row, you're right there at the end of the year for a title. I mean, I think Ohio State's put together a little dynasty right now. It's not a great over, you know, bearing dynasty. But since 2014, every single year when we get to November, Ohio State's right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. Here's the thing. I, I consider that a great era for Ohio State, but I think you look at college football, I think you can pick out six, maybe seven dynasties ever. You look at 50s Oklahoma, you look at the Nebraska dynasty, the Miami dynasty, the USC dynasty, Florida, and Alabama. That's fair. We both we just kind of have, you have a very higher exalting of, of what you consider to yes, be. I think, I think that is the peak pinnacle of college football ever like you could pick any team from any dynasty and they would beat any other team from any other dynasty but if you put those teams against anyone even a hair below that they're getting obliterated all right that's fair i i just i i and look i'm not saying any of this to crap on georgia what they're doing is incredible what kirby smart has done with that program is i mean breakneck speed turnarounds we're talking about very similar to Saban. Very impressive. I'm just not willing to put them in that conversation with the Alabamas, with the 08 Floridas, with the 03 and 04 USCs. I'm just not ready yet. I under- That's fair. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so, like we said, uh, I-, I wanted to discuss that with you, so I'm-, I'm glad we got to do that. But right now, you know, we picked two teams for every conference, and there's I- – look, Auburn could definitely do it. But next year, when it gets to SEC Media Days, if Auburn does it, no one's picking Auburn to repeat. Right? Yeah, and I, I think for the next few years in the SEC, it's going to be Alabama and Georgia. And I don't think Auburn does it. it but naturally, when I say this, it's me yeah. speaking it into existence, so I'm sorry for everyone yeah. else. But it seems like yes. every time it's, I go... It's Schrodinger's Auburn. Yeah. Oh it's, my God, it's Schrodinger's cat. It what I need to do is we need to hype up Auburn again and go, Auburn's going to be a top five team and Stidham's a Heisman contender. So they'll – whatever. Um, okay, so we we both kind of teased this, but what is one team that you look at right now that you keep – like last year for you, you, it was LSU. And for me, it was Oklahoma State. You put it – yeah, it was Oklahoma State. Um, What's one team that you're looking at and going, ooh. But man, I could see them making. I can't do it. I can't. I can't put them in. But I have a feeling. I'm going to go TCU. I I really am. I'm going to go TCU. I I don't think they're going to make it by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, My cousin goes there right now, though, and and I'm I'll root for the Horned Frogs for her, even though she grew up an Alabama fan. I just want to point that out. I want you to close your eyes right now and picture something with me. Week three. September 15th at 8 p.m. rolls around. T 
TCU, the place is rocking. There's no doubt they're going to black out that game. Place is rocking. TCU's been rolling over Southern U, over SMU, and they get to that September 15th game against Ohio State, who, by the way, is still Urban Meyerless. Let's let's take it a step further. Let's say Ohio State ties it with 45 seconds left. TCU charges down the field, scores, ends the game, wins it. Crowd rushes the field. The next week, they carry that momentum into Texas. They coast after that till they get Oklahoma at home. They don't play anybody else besides West Virginia, who we've already talked about, hasn't really proven they can do it. I I, I know there's a lot of like if ands or buts. That's very specific. <laughs> but just imagine that, and tell me you couldn't at least see a percentage of that happening. Well, they are the the team that benefits the most if there is one other than Ohio State from the Ohio State thing is TCU. That's really the one game that during the suspension that could go toe-to-toe and possibly win that if the distraction is big enough. Um, I get why you won't put them in because, again, they have to play Ohio State and Oklahoma this year. And frankly, at first, you know, a little team like TCU, uh, well-coached Gary Patterson, top five coach in my opinion, but um, yeah, I can see why you want to flirt with them. I'm flirting really hard with Michigan. Um, but Based on, I, I don't love Harbaugh. I think he's good. I don't think he, you know, people people want to compare him to the top of the sport. Uh, um, Skip Bayless said he was better than Saban yesterday. Of course, he of course he did. Of course he did. That helped. That hurts his. That hurts his claim. Um, but no, their defense was top three last year. I mean, it was Alabama, it was Georgia, it was Michigan. Michigan's that team that sh- if they just I don't know. This could be a Harbaugh thing. But his quarterbacks weren't bad at Stanford, so I don't think it was. I think it's just he hasn't gotten his dude yet. Because Brandon you Peters... Shea Patterson's his dude? And o- no, just hear me out. And O'Corn and... You know I loved Shea Patterson two years ago. He tore his ACL and has not developed the way he should. He should have never gone to Ole Miss. Because he was a blue-chip dude, and I loved the way he played. He should have gone to a blue-chip team. I don't know why he went to Ole Miss. Everybody uh, knew they were going to get smacked with sanctions. Why. What's that? I could think of one big reason why. But he went there, like, everybody knew it was coming down when he went there. It was like, okay, I maybe he was, Ole Miss was so blatant with their cheating that, yeah, maybe that's what that was. But I was like, come on, we know what's happening there right now. I mean, high school kids are stupid. You are in high school once. He probably just fell in love with all the promises Freeze was giving him. I don't know. He tore his ACL. I've backed off of him. But I'm not willing. I'm not going. He sucks. He had nothing last. He was on Ole Miss last year. He's sure. He is. He was their offense last year. He is absolutely better than what they've been throwing out there in Michigan. He is. He is. Even if he's not great or elite, without a doubt in my mind, he's better than Brandon Peters and these other dudes that are playing. That I don't even remember their names because they've been so inconsequential in the sport of college football at a school like Michigan. If Devin Gardner was at Michigan last year, Michigan wins 10 games. But that's the way it goes. 
So if Ooh, he Jimmy is Gardner, can you hit me with that uh, that little Obi Wan, please? Oh, I, lo- I love. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. I loved Devin Gardner. Devin Gardner. He, wow. Why did he have to play for Brady Hoke? Devin Gardner could have been awesome. He was so yeah, talented. That was wasted talent. Yeah, wasted talent. But um, and I'm I was afraid that Shea Patterson might be in that same boat, and he still might. He very well could be. But even if he's serviceable, if he's average. They have a defense that can win with average. My, my Alabama's won up, a lot of games with average at quarterback and a good defense. My big hang up with Michigan is this. In five weeks, they get Wisconsin at home, on the road at Michigan State, Penn State at home, and then on the road against Ohio State. That's why I'm not putting them in. That's the part that makes me go, but I can't put them in. Because no... I think they'll lose at least one of those games, and then I do yeah. predict they still lose to Ohio State. Two loss Michigan, not a playoff team this year. Won't happen. I agree. So I that's agree. why I won't put them in, but I can see it. I could go, Ooh. I like to pick. Honorable mention that we, we should mention that we haven't really talked about this podcast is Wisconsin. Wisconsin is bringing a lot of tools back to the table. They're going to have the best O-line in the country. Uh, they, they're bringing a lot back. Very I good defense. Like we should mention them. Jonathan Taylor. Uh, ran yeah. for, you know, eighteen hundred yard freshman. Now he's a sophomore. But I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying I feel better about TCU than I do Wisconsin because that's ridiculous. And I'm but... horny for Hornybrook. Yep. That's uh, that's all I'm gonna say to that. <laughs> wow. I mean, come on. It's right there for the taking. Okay, so that's. That's our. That's our. That's that. That's our teams. Now, the big now, now the moment has come. Now the moment has come where we just we put it on tape and we upload it to the internet. Who are your playoff teams? Well, I think here's how we should do this because we, we three of the teams we both have and do right? them in order by seed. By the way, so you want me to go four to one? Well, yeah, one to four. Go one to four. So my top team to my worst team. Yes. This is tough this year. Uh, I think there's only six or seven teams you can realistically pick from, which, again, brings up the eight-team playoff argument that we're not going to get into. Everybody knows it's a good idea. It's not going to happen for a while. Get over it. You've got Clemson, Bama, and Ohio State. I think you can agree that those are three teams that we both think are definitely going to get in. We both are going to have those three teams. That's why I asked you to do it by seed, because our seeding might be different. I'm going to go... Clemson one, Bama two, Ohio State three. Okay, maybe they're not different. <laughs> there we go. The fourth team is where we're going to differ. I like your pick. I had you argue for my pick a little bit earlier. Here's why. I think Washington has a real case to make it if they can beat Auburn and if they can keep it close with Stanford. They don't even have to beat Stanford. A one-loss Washington Pac-12 champion deserves to be in that championship game, or in the playoff, period. Now, it's obviously pending who else is in the playoff, because the Pac-12, as we know, isn't great. But again, you look at the conferences this year, okay, the ACC's not great. They've got two teams, really just one team that controls their destiny. SEC, you've got two teams, Big 12, who cares? You've got one team. Big Ten, you've got four. And then the Pac-12, you've got two. Right? 
So that's what I mean when I say there's only a handful of teams that can realistically be in after the conference championship dust settles. I think Washington is going to be that team that everybody says, oh, God, we really don't want to put them in the playoff. But then you look at them on paper and you look at them through the eye test and they're like, you know what? They beat Auburn. Or maybe they lost to Auburn and Auburn plays really well the rest of the season and then they win out. They win the Pac-12 undefeated conference champion. Go ahead and keep them out of the playoff from the Pac-12 and see what happens. I, I, I really like... I really like my top three picks. I'm very hesitant on this fourth Washington pick, but I, I think it's a team that, like I said, you could make an argument for. I can I, I can feel that. I, I feel pretty good about my picks. I've got the same top three. Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Um, well, no, I'll flip it around. Can't wait. Nope, I won't. All right. Yes, I will. I'll go Bama right. one because if Alabama, I think if Ala, if Alabama's undefeated and Clemson's undefeated, which I, if I'm putting them in the playoff, I'm foreseeing that. I also think both of them can get in with the loss, but I, I don't do see too. them losing. And I think that will happen. Yes, the odds are one of them will lose one game, but I'm not going to sit here and go, I'm not going to pick which one will lose the game. So I'm going Bama one. If Bama's undefeated and Clemson's undefeated, Bama gets the one spot because they're the defending champs. So I'll go Bama one, Clemson two, Ohio State three. Um, and then I'm putting Oklahoma at four. And I, w- I jostled with, with Washington and some other teams. But I look at the schedule and I go, which teams do I trust to not lose that 24-21 late game at 10 o'clock that people don't really, you know, oh my gosh, they lost that. You know, I could see Washington losing that game to a USC, who I don't even like that much, or an Oregon, or Stanford. But I don't see anybody outside of TCU really seriously challenging Oklahoma. If Oklahoma gets undefeated or close to undefeated by the end of the season to West Virginia when they play in Morgantown, they'll be rolling by then. The only part of their schedule that scares me is the beginning because Kyler Murray will be coming in, but they don't play anybody really that serious until Texas in October. I mean, Ohio, Iowa, Iowa State beat them last year, but I don't see that happening again this year. Even though it is yeah. an 11 a.m. kickoff. I, I think Oklahoma State could give them a lot more trouble than you're giving Oklahoma State credit for. But by that time, we're to November 10th. And the, I think the momentum's built then. And then I'm not afraid of... Remember, I, last year, Oklahoma going into the playoff was the team we were most afraid of. The team that we both wanted to pick to win it all. And I know losing Baker Mayfield is going to be a big thing, but Kyler Murray's a good quarter. He's a very good quarterback. I think he's going to electrify college football and become one of the stars in the in the sport and then i'll go play baseball but um maybe probably um so those are my four i feel pretty good about them i I know that mine's a repeat of um what was it 2015 26 2015 16 16 16 repeat of 2016 um but you know Alabama, Oklahoma, I would love to see that playoff game, and then Clemson, Ohio State. Uh, it's not really a repeat of 2016. The top three are. Right? Oh, yeah, you're right. It was Michigan State. Yeah, it was... It was No, that was 15. 16 was Washington. Oh, okay. Well, you know, 
Well, I'm wrong. Okay. <laughs> We've picked our playoff teams. Let's do our Heismans. I, this I'm really excited about because we're horribly wrong on this every year. Who did I pick? La- oh. I mean, I. Oh, go ahead. I mean, I picked Baker Mayfield last year. I, know you and you, I knew this is where this was going. You gave me such a hard time about it that you, you... Are we about to do this right now? You went on here and you said, I won't let you say that on our podcast. And I was like, like I was coming was way out of left field with the pick. He was a punk. He, he won the Heisman and got drafted number one. And I felt yeah, pretty confident you know picking, picking him going him the Heisman? The yeah, I feel like I did. You did. You did not. You did not pick him to win the Heisman. Who did you pick? Go ahead and remind me. Uh, you, uh, you made me talk myself into JT Barrett. Yeah, there you go. How'd that go for you? All right. You've never come close while right. we're on the subject. Well, if we're going to make it personal. Well, you've never even come close. I picked Deshaun Watson when nobody knew who he was. Yes, we know. We're all very proud. We got your emails. Who's your um, Heisman this year? <laughs> oh, boy. It's time to be a homer, people. But I believe in it. I'm more confident about this pick than I am my I, I cannot believe this. Playoff picks. You'll tell me I'm crazy. Not nah, look, I'm not doing anything this I'm year. Picking- I, I, after the Hall of Fame hissy fits that I've been getting from you all off season about Baker Mayfield, I'm not doing anything. No, I'm not letting you talk because I feel like I do pretty well picking I feel like I have pretty good feelings about quarterbacks. Hey, I hope you're right this time. It would be great. I right I feel like when I see a quarterback and I like him, I have I I'm I'm pretty pretty accurate with it. And I'm picking I'm picking the Heisman favorite, the Vegas favorite. You you tell me I'm messed up for picking the Heisman favorite right I, now. I'm I picking Tua. I Here's the the world has not seen this yet. Because AJ McCarron was good. He was very good. He was never elite. The world has not seen an excite, and he was not exciting. He he made the plays he needed to, but he wasn't eye popping. He was great for one game, and that was the 2011 national. Oh, he was great at doing exactly what he needed to do, and he was awesome his senior year. He threw what three picks, and was it was great. And we should have won a title with him, another title. But um, the world has not seen a superstar quarterback at Alabama a super this is we're talking when you talk Heisman you're talking voters what do voters vote for the dude they keep seeing all season long who gets more recognition than Alabama what what position in the country has more potential for exposure than quarterback at Alabama and the world has been deprived college football fans are going to kill me for saying this but we've been deprived of seeing that at Alabama we thought we had something cooking the world has not seen enough Alabama football the world has not seen that (laughs) I I love this let me keep going alienate all of our fans unless you're an Alabama football fan everybody just turn this podcast off but here hear me out Alabama has a baby schedule this year. A children it's for children. This is you put your you put your game on varsity on NCAA 2006. You put it on varsity and you picked 
and you and you went and you manufactured what teams you wanted to play on the road because you wanted it to be easier. That's the schedule Alabama has this year, and nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care because they've been there, done that. We trust them. We don't have to look at Alabama and say, oh, their schedule's bad. Whatever. We know they're good. We will forgive that program because we know they're good. We're, he's going to be slinging that thing, man. He's going to be slinging it around. We're going to we're going to open the offense. He's got the receivers. He's going to have the yard. If he goes, if he loses, if he, if Alabama loses two games, Tua doesn't win the Heisman. But if they lose one or none, he's what he's the he's played one half of football and he's the biggest star in the game right now, returning. And we're trying to exalt Justin Herbert. And these cats at other schools because we can't think of another quarterback. And we're like, oh, we're insane. Why are we why do we think this this dude that's never started a game is so good? Because he's the star. He he's going to be under the microscope and he's not gonna mess it up. And everybody's gonna root for the dude to mess it up all season. Unless you bleed crimson, you're gonna wait for that kid to trip up. And he's not! He's gonna do it. And Alabama's gonna do what they've been doing and not miss love, out on the playoffs. I love it. I love it. And then and it. then and then they're going to put the microphone in his face and he's going to say his thing. He's going to go, oh, first of all, I want to thank God, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ." And people are going to put that on the internet and it's going to get way bigger than it is now. I love it. If you think it's big now, just wait. Is what I'm saying. I'm Okay, are you done? Yeah. I feel like a, a bomb just went off. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I'm worried too. It might throw too many interceptions to win the Heisman. You and your interceptions. All right. What? I'm a realist. No, you act like everybody throws interceptions. Troy Aikman, John Elway, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, they've all thrown interceptions. Yeah, Tom Brady never won a Heisman trophy. Everybody throws interceptions. I can forgive an interception if... I would rather have been over. We've been over this, but I'd rather have the dude that throws an interception because he's honest to God trying to make a play for his football team instead of the quarterback that 15 times a game decides to roll out and just take it out of bounds or lob it nowhere because he's afraid his coach is going to chew him out for trying to make a play. I I love the pick. Brett Favre threw interceptions. I, I hope you're right. I really do. Guys, the one Heisman, Jameis Winston threw interceptions. Are you good? <laughs> it's like you're afraid of. It's like if he throws ten interceptions, our season's doomed. I haven't seen doomed. a sample size big enough to warrant a Heisman Trophy. If I if I continue to see what I saw in the national championship, what I saw last year during Tennessee, what I saw last year during Mercer, what I saw last year during Vanderbilt, but did you hear the last three teams I just mentioned? Hold on. But the guys that are winning Heisman's it, most look, of the look, time look. now, these days, hear me out again. I'm, I'm interjecting again. The guys that have, for the most part, been winning Heisman's are the guys that had small sample sizes, are the Johnny Manziels, are the Tim Tebow's, are the Lamar, Lamar Jackson's. Jackson. Every now and then a known commodity like Baker Mayfield wins it. But it's really the voters like the dude that came out of nowhere. It's I, look. 
Derrick Henry came out of I'm nowhere. Saying, I have not seen a sample size big enough from Tua yet. Mark Ingram Tua came out of nowhere. Nobody knew who Mark Ingram was. The dude won a Heisman. Nobody really knew who Derrick Henry was other than the fact that he was the starter at Alabama. He won a Heisman. That was supposed to be for Nets. It went to the guy that came out of nowhere. I will Sam- wait. Screw a sample size. I'm going to wait. I love it. I hope you're right. It's not going to be like last year where I scream at you for picking Baker Mayfield so bad that you pick out of it. Yeah, I'm pissed about pick. that. I think if Tua plays to the level he can play at, ugh, that was an awful sentence. If Tua plays to the level that he can play, he will win it. I'm, I'm 100% with you there. I have not seen it yet. But I'm you not have. Saying, I'm not going, ah, 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 let me finish. You've made your piece. You've said plenty. There's nothing you can say right now that you haven't already said. I know. If I see it again, over and over, you're 100% right. I just haven't seen it yet, so I'm hesitant to pick him. Now my Heisman pick is going to go a lot shorter, all right? I'm going safe this year. I'm going real safe. I'm going to go Will Greer because I think he's going to throw for a crap ton of yards. He's got some really good receivers returning. A good portion of his O-line is returning. I think he's losing his left tackle, which makes me a little bit nervous because he is fragile, despite taking PEDs. Uh, but I, I like the pick of Will Greer because I think it's going to be a Robert Griffin the third situation where he just throws for so many yards, the wins and losses just don't matter. So I'm going Will Greer there. I'm not even arguing with you because that's not like a bad pick. Um, my concern with him is where's the star power? Sure. Yeah, you're right. Yep. <laughs> that's that's all I can say to that. But <laughs> I I can't think of another guy that I would rather put above Will Greer that is a quarterback that has played a Heisman caliber type of football. Because let's face it, it's not going to be a running back this year. It's not. Unless Bryce Love just goes off and rushes for 2500 yards. It's just not. Actually, one of the funny thing, I think if it's going to be a running back, you want to hear who I think it would be? DeAndre Swift at Georgia. Oh, yeah, that's a good option. He's, oh, he's, when I talk about these stars, when I was talking about, he's one of them. I could see him in New York. I think he might be the best running back numbers-wise and, like, highlight plays-wise. Because I think, you know, Alabama's got the best stable, but Alabama's got too many guys there to send a dude to New York um, this year. DeAndre Swift's going to be this year's Bryce Love. I like it. I hope you're right. I think it's interesting that Bryce Love elected to come back for his senior year. Yeah. I, guess, you know, I think it was you, academic. You really got to love Stanford. He's at Stanford. Well, every you know, he, he's at Stanford. He's, you know, putting himself through the, as far as Division One football schools go, the best. Might as well get the degree while he's there. Yeah. No, I love it. I, I'm just shocked he came back. All right. Uh, are, are you good with Heisman's? I mean, I think I said enough. I, I hope so, because if you have more to say, I don't know what it would possibly be. You think, I'm telling you, if you think it's bad now, just wait. My God, you're going to be so hyped up. He's going to throw for like 250 yards against Louisville, and you're going to like you're going to put him on the same echelon as Joe Namath. It's just taking, because I think he's, I guess we're not done. 
I think he's a top four or five talent at the position in the sport right now. And then you're putting him on Alabama. It's it's monumental. It's when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. Which you hated. Yeah, but I'm not, you know, I'm an Alabama fan. <laughs> what do you want me to do? You're yeah, if, hey, if we have if, anyone listening at this point, it's astounding to me. If I was a Nebraska fan, I'd hate it. Yes. All right. All right. Now the let's most move, important part of our podcast. On. You ready? I am. Buddy, it's time to pick our sweetheart picks of 2018. Ooh. Sit back. The sweethearts. Your sweethearts. So if hey, you don't baby. listen to this podcast, you're probably wondering what the hell is going on right now. Uh, so every year, it, it's been tradition on this podcast that Brick and I pick a team that we call our sweetheart. Your sweetheart is supposed to be a team that has a good shot to make a bowl game, have maybe an upset, and just be an interesting team to watch week by week. You didn't follow any of those parameters last year, by the way. Last year, I failed very, very hard with my sweetheart. I have still not forgiven them. They are in the bottom 10 programs in college football coming into this season. We will not talk about them. Two years ago, though, Purdue almost gave it to Wisconsin. Yeah, Purdue was fine. They were they were fine. And Purdue's this doing year, better now. They got Brom. He's a good coach. This year, you and I are going uh, with teams who both play, and their campuses are located in places that I've lived in North Carolina. Do you want to go first, buddy, or you want me to? I want you to go first. Okay. My sweetheart for this year is going to be the Wake Forest Demon Deacon. Ooh. Dave Lawson. Baby. Coming in off an eight, five year, and year four. Listen to these numbers. As a head coach, he was at Fordham, 0 and 11 year one, 10 and 3 in year four. Richmond three and eight in year one, eleven and three in year four. Bowling Green two and ten in year two, ten and three in year five. Wake Forest three and nine in year one, eight and five in year four. I think he adds to that total this season. Uh, they they don't have a ton of pieces coming back as far as defense is conver- concerned. Offense they've got a lot coming back, uh, and I really really like the way that that school and that program is getting behind football again. You know, for so long it was all about basketball. Now basketball is starting to trail off a little bit. They just did renovations to the arena. I was there. They were awesome. Their baseball team is top-notch. Their men's soccer team, I think, made it to the national championship last year. If not, they came close. They were really good last year. I worked out there for a couple games. Very, very fun to watch. And uh, I'm just saying... They play Notre Dame, Clemson, and Florida State. All right? I'm just saying. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. That sounds like Upset City for one of those. They get Notre Dame at home. They get Clemson at home. They go on the road to Tallahassee. And, uh, oh, by the way, for those of you keeping track at home, uh, week five, guess who they get at home, Brick? Um, the Rice Owls. Oh, man. So you tell me I didn't just pick a heck of a sweetheart, my friend. By the way, I will be going to a Wake Forest game at some point this year. 
That'll be better than you going to an Alabama game, almost. Hush. More sexual, at least. Oh, God. All right. For my sweetheart, I'm staying in the same conference, in the same state, even. Give music. My sweetheart for 2018 is the sultry, sexy NC State Wolfpack. A team hailing from the ACC in beautiful North Carolina. I'm not done yet. The reason I like NC State this year is because it is going to be a very exciting... They're not going to win all their games. I know that. But they have a very good quarterback in Ryan Finley. I love how abruptly that music ends. I know. I didn't even get one that fades out. There's (laughs) no fade out. It is just over. I'm not going to change that either. I'm just going to keep that That's the most Pat's interference way to do this segment, and I love it. Ryan Finley... The thing about NC State this year is they're going to throw for a ton of yards, but their Mm. defense is ass. And they're going (laughs) to give up a lot of yards. And they're going to be one of those teams that loses their big game 55-42. And you're going to be like, well, they scored 42 points. I feel good about that. Um, But I will say this. But guess what? Guess who they get at home? Hold on. Let me do this. This is my sweetheart. You're right. You're so right. I'm so sorry. They will beat one of West Virginia, Ooh. Clemson, uh, no, or or Florida State. They will yeah. beat one of those three teams this year. And then a Guaranteed. big day for Pat's interference this year is yeah. going to be November 8th. When November 8th is going to be a fun one. NC State and Wake Forest square off at NC State. That's going to be a very important day for this podcast. Which sweetheart will come out on top? The only thing about NC State that makes them lose some of that sex appeal to me, if you will, is they've lost a humongous bulging chub to the NFL. Ah, yeah, they did. They lost a... Uh, what was his name? It wasn't Nick Chubb. It was the other Chubb, Bradley Chubb, like, yeah, who went. I was, about to say, I was about to say Ben, so I don't know. I think it was Bradley. I don't know. It was a Chubb, a huge Chubb, bigger than Nick Big Chubb, Chubb, even the biggest Chubb Imp- in college football. Impact Chubb for sure. Uh, no, actually, you know, to the Denver Broncos. Up, I love it. Raleigh is fifteen uh, from where I am sitting doing this podcast. That football field is fifteen to twenty minutes away. You better be going to an NC State game this year, too, buddy. I'm, I'm planning on... So there's two areas. Why don't in, you go to the Sweetheart game? Uh, I will actually be out of town. I'll be visiting my grandparents. Bring them. <laughs> uh, they're in Montgomery. I'm not going to do that. No, uh, there's, so there's two areas in North Carolina. There's the Piedmont Triad, which is Wake Forest, uh, High Point, and... Uh, I Oh, my gosh. I can't think of the other one. Everybody knows about this, you know, the triad. Oh, Greensboro. It's, yeah. it's Greensboro, obviously. Greensboro. So you've got Wake Forest, High Point, go Panthers, Greensboro, and then you've got the triangle, which is Chapel Hill, Durham, and Raleigh. Naturally. I'm planning on hitting football games at both the triad and the triangle. I'm trying to fit all three triangle teams in the same day. That's like the so dream I'm trying, season. I'm trying to go to Duke, North Carolina, and North Carolina State football games all in the same day. That would be awesome. 
So That'd we'll see. Full... But I, I would love to go to the Sweetheart Bowl. Uh, more than anything, I'm so bummed I'll be out of town. I would love to do a live podcast of the Sweetheart Bowl. That would be fun. And I, I think we have to do it. But I think the way we have to do it is record it, record the game, and just speed through it. I will say this. I feel like you and I, this year, more than any other year, have both picked hot, sexy pieces of college football ass. Cue the music! NC State, Wake Forest, you really wrestle our jimmies this year. You make us feel like real men, you know? I I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> Sexualize the segment. So it bad. just ends. Oh, God. All right, so this is what we have on tap for next week. That's our national preview. We ended on a silly note, but next week is uh, officially game week for yep. everybody. So uh, this is this is where we get down to business. Monday or Tuesday, early in the week, we preview Alabama-Louisville. Talk about that game. These podcasts will be shorter from this point out. Yep. I'm hoping for about the 45-minute mark, maybe okay, 40. Safe. Yep. And then uh, Wednesday, Thursday, midweek, we preview the rest of week one. So you know you got the other big games. You got the uh, you got the LSU Miami and the and the and the Auburn Washington and all the other openers that are also very exciting. And we will pick winners of those. And and then from here on out, it should be usually unless we make a decisions otherwise two podcasts a week. So that means that Monday or Tuesday the next week we will be recapping Alabama Louisville, looking forward to the next game. Vice versa. Yeah. So there we go. I can't wait. Uh, if, if you've been with us from the get, uh, we really appreciate you sticking with us. I know this podcast has had a lot of changes as far as the years of concern, as far as the years are concerned. Uh, Brick and I have both um, had a lot of life changes, had a lot of things go on where we've had to sort of adjust the schedule. We haven't really been able to be consistent with our episodes except for these past couple of years. Um, you know, and it's it's something that we take a lot of pride in, and we, we really appreciate you listening. Um, we couldn't do it without you. We've always wanted to do this podcast. Um, so thank you for listening. Not going to plug social today. If you want social, just go back to the beginning of the episode. But I do, Brick, I want to spend a total of five minutes talking about Urban Meyer. You can do okay. it. Yeah, I mean, I'll join you for that. That can be both of our sound offs because so I've got a lot of I, I think there comes a point in time where, you know, we can go back – at moments in this podcast and say, okay, this is bigger than college football. Um, one of the ones that's always been memorable, memorable for me is when Alti 10 Penny died. Um, I, I think that was a moment that you and I, it sort of hit us that it was a very stark realization of what was happening. Um, you know, even before the podcast, I think everything obviously that happened with Penn state was, Oh, oh God, this is, you know, gotten out of hand. Um, those are two very obvious sort of things where it's okay college football has gotten almost too big too important this stuff with urban meyer hurts and it it doesn't just hurt courtney smith who never got mentioned by name uh by urban meyer who is never apologized to and when she was apologized to it was that they were in the situation direct quote from his apology i have not seen a less sincere apology since Tiger Woods' apology in 2009 or 2010. Yeah. Um, it it hurts Ohio State as a program. It's a blemish on Urban Meyer's 
already tumultuous career, um, morally and otherwise. Uh, and more than anything, and I think the largest injustice uh, is what it has done to not only the landscape of college football, but the landscape of college football journalism. That now we have journalists who don't work for the major networks finding out these stories, reporting these stories, and it's getting nowhere. It doesn't matter. The entire point of journal journalism is to be that checker, to be that fact checker, right? You report the bad stuff. The good stuff that happens, you make sure it gets out there to the people. It gets out there to the press. The people hear it. Um, and the last part I want to tee off on, because I want you to have your time on this too, uh, is ESPN. The way that they handled the firing of Brett McMurphy, whatever. You can take it or leave it. ESPN is a business. I don't like it, but I understood it. Okay? But afterward, they quoted him in articles without giving him name mention by referring to him as an ex-NFL or ex-ESPN NCAA correspondent. Uh, then they would just straight up steal his information and he would call him out on it. And that was hilarious. Now they'll sort of bend the knee for you Game of Thrones fans to him if he has a good story. Brick, you cannot sit here and tell me that no one at ESPN knew of this story besides Brett McMurphy, who is working uh, for Stadium, by the way. You can't tell me that no one knew about it. So one of two things has happened. Either someone knew about it at ESPN and they didn't say anything, which makes them terrible journalists. Or someone completely didn't know about it. Nobody knew about it. Which makes them terrible journalists. So it's bad for college football. It's bad for college football journalism. It's horrible for Ohio State. And I love how Ohio State's solve for this issue is, oh, we'll do an investigation. What? Shocking that Ohio State did an investigation on Ohio State and didn't make the punishment severe. That is shocking information to me, despite the damning amount of evidence. The man went through and deleted his text. Brick, if Lane went through your phone tonight, she would never do that. She's a lovely woman. You and I both know that. If Jay did that to me tonight, went through our phones, looked at everything, woke up the next morning, went through them again, and things were deleted, do you think it would just get swept under the rug? <laughs> no. No. There would be a fight. There would be a full-on fight, as there should be. This and I hope you do the same fight. thing, vice versa. We are fighting. I'm fighting with Ohio State right now. I, I hate that. And it's it's not an Ohio State problem. That's, that's another thing I want to mention. This is a college football problem. The same thing happens at an Alabama or a Florida or a Texas or a Penn State. Look at, look at how terrible things were at Penn State. Mm, not even six, seven years ago. We were talking death penalty. Now we're talking college football playoff contender. All of those allegations, everything that went horribly, horribly wrong for Penn State, seven years later, if you went there and never knew anything happened, you would never know anything did happen. And that's a problem. That is a college football problem. I'm done. You can take over from here. I will say I'm, I'm glad I'm not the person that had to decide which way to swing the sword on this. But at the same time, it's it reeks. It it just reeks. It's it it reeks of PR stench. Just from it, it just was 
okay, the the writing was on the the moment Ohio State said we'll have we'll have our findings in fourteen days. What a weird, arbitrary time. Like, if you know you'll have them in fourteen, why fourteen days? You know you'll be done, and what what does that mean? We'll be done, and what that means is we're going to have our findings right before the season starts, so that we'll deal with the blowback for however many days, right? Whatever a week, but. Then we'll roll right into football, and people will forget. And that's what's going to happen. Like you, I agree with you to a point where you say it's bad for college football and leaves a blemish, but I also just think it's going to be largely forgotten, which is a damn shame. But, it, yeah, in week three of the season, in week four of the season, it'll come back up again. But it's going to get forgotten. It got forgotten. I mean, 14 days. Okay, so 14 days. Between days three and 13? It wasn't even really being talked about that much anymore. It sucks that Ohio State benefited from scandals at other schools. You know, the thing that happened at Maryland was awful and terrible and somebody died. But it took, it, it's just, it to me, it just makes no sense for them to investigate themselves, tell us when it's going to come out, have the press conference before the findings are released so the media can't actually review the information before the press conference so that they can ask the questions they need to ask. They didn't know the findings yet. And then uh, to suspend him for three games. What does that mean? To suspend him, what is that? He either did something wrong and despicable that leads to being fired, or it doesn't. If Todd Gurley can get suspended for four games for signing a thing and making a few bucks on it. Four games for that. Jim Trestle and Terrell Pryor had their Ohio State careers essentially ended, and ended in Trestle's case, because they got free tattoos or something. I don't remember the whole story, but it was based on tattoos, uh, not domestic violence. LSU that tampered with a, a pee cup and was suspended for two yeah, years. Yeah, Chris, Christian Fulton is... is going to finally see the field this year after two years and it's just three game what does that mean three games how is that a punishment yeah it's not that's how you either did it wrong right or he didn't he either embarrassed the university and did wrong by everybody there and lied and covered up and colluded or he didn't he did or he didn't he didn't just kind of three games worth, but that's what they wanted. That is, ex- they they were working to craft that. This was not a real investigation. It real it wasn't. If they'd found something horrible, this but this is horrible. From the get go, this was crafting a way to do this with dealing as little backlash as possible. So they gave it their fourteen days. And of course, it came out on a Wednesday night at like eight. Right, fourteen days. This could have been done at uh, you know Wednesday at nine a.m. Why did they wait till like eight p.m. so that it would die down, and then we'd have the next news cycle the next day? It reeks of disgusting PR garbage, and it's just it's just chicken shit. That's what it it's is. Just bad. It's just bad for the sport. It's it's bad for college football. This is a this is such an NFL problem. This but is it's such not going to matter. The NFL it's over. Would and should deal with, and it's it's just not 
it's it's just not good. It's the reason that a lot of people like college football, and I I, I am sad to say that it is now infected college football. Um, and I'm not I'm not going to go off some sexism rant or anything like that. But you know, tell me Courtney's story is any big name football player, and that domestic abuse thing is turned around. Tell me Urban Meyer doesn't get more than three games. You can't do it. So that's where I'll leave that. Uh, sorry to sort of bring down the podcast, but I did. it's important to talk about. This is something that's going to go down in college football history and Urban Meyer's, Urban Meyer's history and Ohio State's history, uh, at least in my book. Um, this is something that I'll never forget and I'll never forgive. That's for sure. So that's that. Uh, this has been Pat's Interference. This is our national episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will have, like Brick said, we'll have two next week, uh, the Alabama L- or LSU Louisville preview, uh, and then we'll have our national podcast as well, previewing week one games. We do have week zero games uh, starting, well, today, now that it's 2.30 a.m. They'll start today. Uh, you've got UMass and Duquesne, uh, followed with uh, Hawaii and Colorado State, and then the nightcap, I believe, is New Mexico State and... Uh, Oh, man. Wyoming. Uh, so enjoy enjoy the first college football Saturday of the year. Thank you again for listening. And, Brick, most importantly, roll, roll time. time.